I am joined by Voice of the Argos, Will Kennedy. Will, uh, another good win for UWF, and it seems like with every single win that they've had lately, it comes along with the Griffin Sarah uh, Special Teams Player of the Week Award. Yeah, they may have to rename that award and just uh, make it the <laughs> Griffin Sarah Award. Uh, you know, he's been fantastic. He ties a, a school, a conference record, sets the school record with five field goals in a game, and Coach Shinnick was saying on our show this week, the Coach Shinnick show, uh, he's money, you know, and that, that really changes your coaching dynamic where you know, like, hey, we can do some things offensively, maybe run a little more risk. And once we're in this, you know, zone that we need to be into, it's in Griffin's range, and he's got good range, and at some point we may have to, you know, have to need him to kick that 50-plus yarder, but it looks like from 30 to 40, Drew, he's, he's just money. And, it, it, you know, you can ask Florida State fans, you can ask a bunch of other fans of different teams around the country, it's hard to find a consistent kicker. We've got a good one. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And Florida State is a great example of a, a fan base that, that would really like a, a little bit more confident kicker, and Griffin Saris seems to have that. And to that point, with, without him being able to knock through those five field goals, I mean, UWF may lose that game. So, And I know that not, not too often you know, kickers get the love, or oftentimes whenever they miss a field goal, they get a lot of hate and all that. But when you look at, like you said, the ability to find a consistent kicker, it can absolutely be a weapon for you. That There was one point I remember, I think it was a fourth, and I want to say it was one, but it may have been short, Will, that I, I said to myself, man, I'm kind of surprised that Coach Shinnick didn't go for it on fourth down and said they kicked the field goal. But, you know, if you can take the points, you're going to take the points, and when you've got an automatic kicker like Griffin Sarah, then you, you may as well do that if you got enough trust in your defense. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It was early in the game, and I kind of thought, yeah, the way we're running the football, the way we've been running the football all season, it was like a, you, know, you got to the fourth down, it was one or two. And it was, I, I felt, I don't think I even said that on the air. You know, I go for it here, we'll see what coach does. But yeah, no hesitation. Trot Griff Sarah out there. I mean, he easily could have let Wee Jarrett run the football or handed it off to CJ Wilson or Ravion or whoever. But it definitely speaks to the confidence he has. And early in the game, I think there's probably that a little bit more of an inclination to, kick the field goal, get those points on the board, and sure. kind of don't know what kind of day you're going to be in store for. It was a weird game that way, Drew. I thought that the offense did not play very well. Byron Jarrett, Pee Wee struggled quite a bit in the past game, especially in the first half, and we were able to run the football very effectively. But special teams, not just Griffin Sarah, in fact, two of those Griffin Sarah field goals, maybe three if I remember correctly, were basically all because of David Durden and his punt return. And then yeah. the offense couldn't do anything with incredible field position. So you need, you know, you need at least two facets of the game, phases of the game to be clicking really well. I thought defense and special teams were outstanding. Offense made a couple plays when they needed to. And in the end, you get the 36-24 win, and you're sitting right where you want to be, which is in control of your own playoff destiny with two to go. Yeah, fourth in the NCAA regional rankings. And looking at the teams around them, they've got three teams ahead of them in Delta State, Benedict, and Wingate. And behind them, Virginia Union, Tusculum, and Tuskegee, five through uh, seven. And then rounding out the region, you've got Albany State, Limestone, and Fayetteville State. Uh, outside of those two teams in Limestone and Fayetteville State, I mean, everybody else is either one loss or better, uh, or, or they're undefeated. How important is it when you, you know how good the region is? Because if you look at the region rankings, the, the region that UWF is in is very tight in regards to not having much wiggle room. If you lose two games, you could very well be out of the playoffs and not even get in. When you look at some of the other regions, and two two losses has you comfortably in, Will. It's kind of crazy how that stuff has worked out. 
Yeah, and year to year it can be different. I mean, there's years, you know, you can get in with two losses, maybe even three. We've done that before with this team. Uh, this year, definitely tighter at the top. There's, you know, and we saw some shakeup, though, last week, even within our region. But we've seen shakeup in Division two, top 25, and across the four different regions, week in and week out. So I, I wouldn't say that it's done yet. I mean, obviously, I got home and watched the Mississippi College Delta game, and Mississippi College was right there. They made a mistake. They went for it on a fourth down, tried to fake punt. Didn't work out, kind of gifted a, a score to Delta to put them in the lead, and they hang on for the victory. So you don't know what's going to happen in these last two weeks of the season. All that you do know if you're the Argos is if you keep winning, it's at least one home game because you're sitting fourth in the regional rankings now. So I kind of feel like fourth would be the worst that you can get. I think they'll probably move up a little bit. Uh, Wing gets a team we've seen in the playoffs twice. We've thumped them twice. I don't know who – I need to look at their schedule to see who they have left to play. But I suspect, I suspect at least one or two more surprises – before the season's done, even within our region. Hopefully, we're not involved in any of that. Yeah, I was going to say, ho- hopefully the Argos are not involved in a bad way. So so they play Valdosta State, if I remember correctly, from uh, Media Day preseason. The, 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 the topic of not beating Valdosta on the road came up, and they're going on the road to Valdosta. Of course, th- this is not the way that we thought Valdosta would be the, this year sitting at 3-5. and five. They're not in the playoff hunt at all whatsoever. Uh, is there anything that UWF need to be weary of going into this game while, yes, they're going to be favored, yes, Valdosta State has really had a tough season, but they got to be careful going into an environment, one, you've never won in, and, and two, against a team that has players who are talented but really hasn't gotten all things going? Yeah, it's, it's been, you know, you can't ever take Valdosta for granted. And, and you, just like last week, I mean, they're losing to... North Greenville in a shootout, and they go to the fourth quarter and score 22 on nine points and walk away with a 20 point plus victory and score 50, you know, 60 points. And now they gave up 30, uh, 30 plus, and that's been their, their weak point. They, their defense just hasn't really stopped anybody. They're super dangerous on offense. I read up and still slinging these you know, 2,400 yards, 24 touchdowns against only 6 picks. They still got Jamar Tompkins and Seth McGill at running back. Feels like they've been there for 10 years. Both of them, they're, they're talented and dangerous. Got some good wide receivers. The defense is going to have to slow them down and, and you know make them work and make them drive the field, not give up a big place. That's every week for the Sargo defense in the GSC. The offense is just going to have to keep doing what they're doing, which is grinding, running the football. And hopefully this is the week that we're going to see some of those big passing plays. I know they're working on it. They're working hard to try to you know fix it. It's like you have a baseball pitcher and he's having trouble throwing strikes and He's got to work yeah. with him. He's got to find that rhythm again. I mean, that's the case with, with Byron, with Wee. The balls are there. I mean, Dave Durden's running past people. Cade Leggett's running past people. The rest of them are getting open. You just got to put the ball on them. Uh, they're too talented a wide receiver group not for them, for them to not be the weapons that you want. I will say this. We've never won at Valdosta in the regular season, but the last time we were there, <laughs> we did win, and it was in the playoffs. Uh, and that was that last second touchdown Perfect. by the other Anthony Johnson, Jr., that propelled us to the 2019 title. So this is good memory in Valdosta, and we're hoping to do more of that on Saturday. Yeah, and I think you you, you bring up a good point with, with the D-balls, and there's been times where it's been j- j- just a little bit off here, a little bit off there. Again, speaking with Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos, I think one important thing that's really gone well for the Argos over the last couple of weeks is is getting that run game established with Shamari Mason, Ravion Hargrove and, and C.J. Wilson has been an end zone machine, a touchdown scoring machine here over the last couple of weeks. That helps set the tone a little bit. Then you go play action, 
and that allows Byron to get those one-on-ones where he throws the D-ball to David Durden, who made a ridiculous catch, by the way, over the weekend. As well, a, a quick update. I know Shamari Mason had gone down a little bit. Uh, heard it was a little bit of an ankle-twisting issue. Is he, He's going to be good for Saturday, I'm assuming, or is, is it going to be one of those where it's touch and go and we'll have to see how he plays first? He's been battling a little bit of a, a foot thing and an ankle thing for a couple weeks now, and it really never got, you know, never felt great on Saturday. He was kind of fighting through it a little bit. So he's in a boot to start the week. He'll take that off. He'll practice tomorrow, I believe it is. And they'll kind of, you know, keep an eye on it and trust the trainers. And I asked Coach Jennings that, you know, off air uh, when we were shooting the show on Monday to say, you know, hey, do you rest Shamari this week and maybe next week? and hope to have him ready for the playoffs because obviously you've got C.J. Wilson had a great game on Saturday and showed us a few different things that maybe we haven't seen from number 21. Then obviously Ravion Hargrove does a lot of what Shamari can do and, and, you know, maybe trust those guys a little bit more. And he said, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a matter of how Shamari's feeling. They're certainly not going to put him in jeopardy. So I don't know. That will almost be like we hear in the NFL, maybe a, a game-time type decision for number five is Shamari ready to go. Obviously, the kid will want to play. Shamari will want to play. But as you know, with football, sometimes you have to protect the player from themselves. Yeah, and, and especially now when, when you're getting into close to playoff territory, you want to make sure that if anybody's dinged up at all and, and there's – you want to have the precautions there to not make an injury worse, especially if it's something you've been dealing with for a couple of weeks like uh, in a Shamari's case. Well, Will, appreciate the time as always. You have a good one. Will, uh, uh, pregame, by the way, I do want to say this, pregame 5.30, kickoff for 6 central time. Local time, it'll be 7, but – Six here in Pensacola, kickoff, 5.30 pregame. Um, enjoy the call, and hopefully the Argos can come out with a victory. Yeah, absolutely. Let me Real quickly, uh, volleyball yeah. on Friday at 5 o'clock in the Fieldhouse, their last regular season game. They'll host the GSP tournament the weekend of the 12th, so the last week of the football season. And men's and women's soccer, both up in Huntsville, they won first-round games at home in the GSP tournament. They will be playing men tomorrow or men on Thursday, women on Friday in the semifinal. So everybody rolling along, and we'll keep an eye on it for everybody, and we'll talk to you soon, Drew. Sounds, sounds good. Again, uh, Will Kennedy, thank you so much for the time. I do want to say this, too. Uh, they're the 13th in the poll, the the, Argo, the, uh, the the volleyball team is. Taylor Van Ekeren, speaking of uh, Player of the Week, she got Offensive Player of the Week. Is this is 13th in the, in the poll, is that a little, not necessarily under underachieving season for them, but going in, top five team in the country, are, are they – they're obviously in, and it gives them a chance to get in. But have they? Is there a sense that they didn't perform as well as they would have liked to, maybe in, in the regular season, or, or let a game or two slip? I, w- I wouldn't say that. I think some of that's based on some of the matches where they played ranked teams, and you know they beat some ranked teams, they lost to a few. Sure. And really, the top twenty-five group can be a little misleading. It's the regional rankings that matter on the volleyball side as well. So you kind of got to look when the regional polls come out at where they stack up within their region. Uh, maybe not hosting the regionals like they did last year, but they'll, they'll be solid. They're, they're a solid NCAA tournament team, and uh, they've got the talent to, to make a deep run, no doubt about it. Will Kennedy, voice of the Argos. Appreciate the time, Will. Thanks, Drew.